Welcome to SIN 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Matthew. Hi. The guy we got on today. Yeah. Is one of those people where everybody asks me, when are you going to have Miles on? Right. When are you going to have Miles on? Hey, you should have Miles on the show. And I'm going, okay, yep. let's do that. Let's go. Miles Brandon, you're on the show. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me, finally. <laughs> well, we've got so many directions we can go and so many things that we can talk about. I want to start off with, when did we meet? How long have we known each 20, other? 20, must be 20, more than 20 years. Oh, easy. Easy, because I'm going into my third decade of working at Foothills. And we took over the fitness industry together. Yes. Right? I remember that, yeah. I think 2002, was it? Or early 2000s, I remember. Okay, I'll working. buy that, because I can't remember it all. It's yeah. just like I've known you forever. And we worked together. Yeah. Right? I remember, yeah. You used to set me up to work at a health club, and then when another one started, you'd tell me about the next one that started, yeah. and I'd jump on board and... Um, it was really terrible. I had this consulting company for the fitness industry, which what I did for over 30 years is crazy. So I just put together some really extraordinary salespeople. I mean, people that people liked and could communicate and they could motivate people to make good decisions, which is like buy something. Yeah. All these clubs, I would bring these great salespeople and then they would steal them from me. They would keep them, right? The, cl the yeah, clubs would? Right? Yeah, the clubs would. And I have to go, wait a minute, that's not how this works. But yeah, we sold a lot of gym memberships yeah, together. I, remember, I never would have ever dreamed that I'd be selling gym memberships, but it was a fun fit. And we're from Poway all the way to Imperial Beach. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was a Christian when I got into that industry a long, long time ago. And it was at a place called Star Fitness Center, which is now Crunch, I think, something like that. And over a hundred people, way over a hundred people came to the Lord in that gym yeah it was just because christians were working there and they got into people's lives and they cared about them and they helped them make good decisions and what's really funny is when i started working at foothills christian church i'm managing church yeah and it's the same thing as a gym yeah you're just helping people make good decisions and being in their lives and then you got to fix the air conditioning and clean the carpet yeah well the one thing about what you did was you had a really good knack for connecting people and you've got a great memory for names and for people so you could find someone like myself and say okay this would be a perfect fit here yeah and it worked and obviously your personality attracted me because it was just like you were always positive and i love that in the fitness industry i specifically remember having the opportunity to share the gospel oh yeah several times at the uh, frogs club one where there was two specific incidents i don't know if you want to yeah sure i want to hear now. about that absolutely one was when i was signing somebody up for membership and this gentleman didn't seem like he was really interested in the gym but he went along with me he was an older gentleman and so while i was walking him around the gym he was very pleasant old man and very nice and as we walked back i had my next appointment and i sat down and the guy looked up at the guy who I was just showing the gym. And the guy who was my appointment, he was a huge guy. He was actually a mercenary. Turns out he was working for Black, was it Blackwater or that one mercenary oh, yeah, company yeah, yeah. in Iraq. Okay, He, he was that. a bodyguard. He was one of the guys there. So he came to sign up and this big dude, 300 pound guy. And all of a sudden he looks up at the gentleman who had been walking around, the older gentleman, he just burst into tears. And I'm like, what's going on here? 
And the guy who had been walking around goes up and gives him a hug. And I'm like, what is going on? And he said, you look just like my dad. And he shows a picture and the guy looked identical like his dad. But the guy went ahead and decided to minister to him. And I was just sitting there across the desk watching this guy minister to this young man. And just like this guy was like, almost just like letting everything out. And I was like, this guy's like an angel. I think the Lord just brought an angel <laughs> because I tried to follow up after everything was said and done and they made contact and then I sold the gym membership to this guy. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but later on, I tried to follow up with that gentleman and his number was not a real number and never showed up at the gym again. Whoa, spooky good. Yeah, one of those. And then the other time was when I had a, I was, my desk was right at the front and I remember this guy walked in. I could tell he was obviously on drugs or something and he asked me where the restroom was. And I looked at him and I said, nah, something's going on. I said, what, what do you need the restroom for? Do you want to show you the, the gym or something? And he goes, no, I'm going to go to the restroom to kill myself. And I straight away looked at him and I knew it was demonic and all that. And he had a knife with him. And I could see the knife in his hand. And he said, to, or it was actually just off his side. And I said to him, my father is not going to let your father do this to you. And he said, who's, who's my father? I said, your father's a devil and my father's Jesus. And he's not going to let this. And... All of a sudden, I said, sit down, sit down for a second. And he sat down. I think his name was Adam, which is appropriate. So <laughs> I just started sharing with him and I gave him the gospel. He prayed and he told me, he says, I came in to go to the restroom and kill myself. Wow. And so I took him home and I dropped him off at his house. Oh and gosh. unfortunately, I never saw him either again. I never knew what happened to him. And things would happen like that. And God blessed my business anyway. But I remember many times it was just me sharing the gospel with different people around yeah. the gym. Well, how did this all get started? How did you find Jesus or how did he find you? Well, I got saved March the 4th, 1982 in South Africa. I was attending a Sunday school with my sister and my dad had got invited and he kept rejecting it, did not want to come to church, very skeptical of church. In fact, when me and my sister had won some Bible verse reciting contest they gave us like a pencil or some bookmark and the first thing my dad said oh watch out they're going to make you pay for that i remember him <laughs> saying that when i showed i said look what i want dad and he's like yeah they're going to make you pay for that and it was just so negative and he had a friend who was inviting him to church all the time and he eventually it was the same church and he showed up at the church and he got convicted by the holy spirit and he was a hard case my dad was a really hard case he'd gone to anglican church or episcopalian church and he'd grown up in church of england in england but he had never really personalized Jesus, just it was just a religion. So he liked the idea that we were going to church but didn't want to be part of it. So when he finally got bugged in to come to church, he really had a major transformation and he went up forward and my dad is very much a type A personality. So he went to the pastor and he said, I want this Jesus thing now and I want it for my family. And the pastor, <laughs> Pastor Frank Davis, in his wisdom, he was from Chattanooga, Tennessee, Pastor Frank Davis said, I tell you what, how about we meet on Thursday? at your house he totally took it away from him wow. and that's wisdom and my dad's like oh, okay and so he says i'll meet you there and see if you're still serious and so <laughs> my dad was just like waiting waiting the thursday show at 6 p.m whatever as soon as frank opens the door pastor frank opened the door my dad grabs and says all right come let's go let's get this thing done he calls all my um siblings and there's four of us and my mom and my dad sat there and pastor frank gave us the plan of salvation the romans road Okay. And then each one of us, starting with my dad, my dad received the Lord, and then my mom prayed to receive, and then my older sister, my older brother, my older sister, and then myself. Right on. And uh, we all received the Lord that day. At least that's when I said the prayer, and my dad instantly changed. 
for me, I wasn't repenting from too much as a nine-year-old, but <laughs> I, I definitely saw a difference in my family, and then that began the journey. Tell me a little bit, because I know that it's kind of on hiatus right now, and I'm fast-forwarding years and years and years right. now, but tell me uh, Wings of the Way, because it, all through your journey, like I was saying earlier, there's just been this what if, why don't we, here's a need, creative things that you've done. Yeah. And this is one of them. So I, I've always had a passion for aviation. Sure. Got involved with this ministry in 2016 called Wings of the Way. And their focus was rescuing girls from trafficking. Yeah. It turns out San Diego is one of the top trafficked areas in America. Well, they just had a huge and arrest exact, of what, yeah. 48 people yeah. got arrested yeah. just so, recently. So it's a very, very huge problem and i know we have several ministries at our church that deal with that and trying to cut it at the root but we got involved in 2016 and worked with a lady called susan muncie who happens to be mark muncie's sister mm, okay and she won the 2019 cnn citizen of the year for her work in anti-trafficking i didn't know that. and she has several safe houses here in san diego so what we became what wings of the way was is because many times a girl who gets rescued maybe the police will take her and she has no ID. She's been involved in trafficking from a young age and now she gets put in a safe house. We find out that many times well, she doesn't have any ID or any identification at all on her because the pimp has usually taken it away, but she needs to be moved to another city. And so there's two ways we can do it. You can drive them. We have safe houses in Phoenix or in other cities around the Southwest. And the other way is to fly them. If they don't have any ID, we can't put them on an airliner. And if they do, sometimes we do. We put them with a caseworker and we fly them out there. But we find out that there's a lot of airports. There's 5,000 airports that are not commercial airports. That if you just had a small aircraft, a light aircraft, and you can get hold of a pilot, now you can just take the caseworker and fly them there. And it's only about an hour and a half, two hours to Phoenix from here. And so we essentially became the Uber for these safe houses <laughs> to move them from place to place. So it's a nonprofit. And we uh, essentially work with the safe houses and we'll get a call from either a safe house or from the sheriff or, and say, we need to relocate a survivor. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they want to relocate out of the city is because the success rate goes up way high oh, if they're out of the environment. Yep. So we have a fleet of, not our planes, but it's pilot owner operators who volunteer their time. We dispatch those pilots within 48 hours of a call. And we just recently did one for a girl to Houston about six months ago. A gentleman had a jet, basically, and he flew her to Houston, and we paid for that. Right on. So that's what Wings of the Way does. Like Kim Ruby, who was on the show just a short while ago, and she found quilting was something that she really loved to do. And now in the United States and in other countries, they're finding their ways into hospitals and blessing people through quilting. It's just kind of the bait. Like youth venture, it's fun games and adults that'll listen to you and snacks and stuff. So... That's one principle that I want people to pick up from this. What passion do you have and how can the Lord breathe on it? How can the Lord use it for his glory? It's your heart. He already put that desire in your heart. Right. But on the other end of it, currently you're like the top real estate sales dude in the world or something? Uh, probably like 3,000 in the world. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> no, not bad. I got to start somewhere. Well, this is 4,000. No. <laughs> well, I want to know, and pretty much everybody's listening has a job. They have a career and profession. But I've seen that your faith and the Lord 
permeates every aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. And I really admire that. So how does that work? How do godly principles form real estate sales with Keller Williams? You're with Keller Williams, right? Right. So how does that affect that? How does being a Christian come out in your job? First of all, the Lord gave me this field. And that's the way I look at it. Everything I've done, I never ever would have thought I'd be doing real estate. I think we talked about maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. And I had a choice to make. And I was like, do I go real estate? Do I go this other avenue? I was thinking of consulting or something. But at the time, I prayed a lot about it and I felt the Lord, okay, real estate. Still wasn't something I thought, but that was from the Lord. But all of a sudden, doors started opening and I started seeing God blessing it. I was like, that's a good sign. I can support a family, which is great. Yeah. And then I was really seeking God on that. And so every single transaction, I'd be praying for the client. I'd be praying for the everything to run smoothly. And I just start seeing one after the other. I just, people were calling me out of the blue, you know, could you sell my house? And when we'd finish a transaction, I'd always say, can we pray? And every single one of the people allowed me to pray with them. And I always told him I was praying for the transaction. I was praying for it to work. And it was amazing. I've seen that, just the fact that they knew I was a Christian. And I've invited clients to church and my home group and shared the gospel many, many times. So um, I just see this now as my field. This is my field and I need to work it. And I need to give it 100% because this is where God's got me. So to backtrack, I always had a passion for aviation. I always saw myself as a pilot. And we used to have a joke. It says, how can you tell that there's a pilot at a party? You don't have to tell, he'll tell you. <laughs> and so I had this status as a pilot that I've got all these flight hours and this and that. And then as a result of my color deficiency, I- Explain your color deficiency. It's not that you're pale. Right. <laughs> Explain <laughs> this. It depends if I've eaten right or not. No, I actually have a color deficiency with my eyes. I can't see all colors. And I was already a commercial pilot and- lo and behold, you can't fly at night. And so that shut that down. I, I wouldn't be able to be uh, a airline pilot, even though I was moving on that track. So that kind of diverted from that. And I could not see myself anything but a pilot. It was so funny at the time, I was like, what do I do if I can't fly? I mean, that's really what I wanted to do professionally. So when God shut that down, he already had something else planned. It turns out that it's right now, it's the real estate. And I do believe this is I don't know how long it'll take me down this road, but I absolutely believe because the way it came together, I fought it for three years because I kept thinking, I don't want to tell people I'm a pilot. In fact, even when I was a realtor in the beginning, I was telling them, oh, I actually do fly most of the time. And now I'm like, okay, you know what? When God opened the door and he showed me, he said, this is what I want you to do and look how I'm blessing it despite you. Then I said, okay, God, if that's what, you know, it reminds me of Peter when God said, throw your nets on the other side. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been trying all my life to do it my way. And yeah. then God says, do it this way. Come on. And all of a sudden, Come on. the results came. And then when I saw that, I said, if you're willing to show me that, then I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do in that. And That's a huge breakthrough. Yeah. Especially as men, we find so much of our identity in our work. Hmm. It sounds like he just had to get through that with you. Yeah. And it sounds like he did. Yeah. But I can see that there'll be somebody going, this is the way I'm going to go. This is who I am. This is what defines me, especially with men. And we've got to listen to the Lord because he's got a way for us to enter into, to open up all sorts of blessings we can't even figure out at all. Right. And it's really funny because I teach at Keller Williams 
And on Monday, I'm teaching and they have this thing called a millionaire mindset, millionaire Monday or something. And they, okay, what are your tricks? What are your secrets and everything? And I'm praying about it because I'm like, I, whenever I've talked, I've said, I pray before every transaction. I give everything to the Lord. And they say, what is your strategy? And I have to tell them my strategy is just praying and trusting God. <laughs> so we'll find out on Monday whether... Yeah, <laughs> whether how's that working? I, I'll, I'll give an invitation. Maybe they want to get saved because that's really what it's about. I can't say I could duplicate what I do. Yeah. Except for the fact that this is a field that God has got me in and I'm doing it and God's blessing it. Yeah, and I've seen it wherever you've worked, or at least many places that you've worked because you were everyone's favorite server oh. <laughs> at the restaurant that you worked at for how long? Which is my you, favorite restaurant. That's your favorite yeah. restaurant? The, cool. Can we say the restaurant? I can, I sure, why not? I the, think yeah. we can. The Brigantine can, restaurant. I'll have them pay for that. <laughs> there we go. That's right. Yeah. 11 <laughs> years. 11 years I was with the Brigantine. Yeah, and so much of that, you're natural at it, right? Because you care about people, you can communicate with people, you can make people smile. And number one, that's great in any service industry thing. But then you became a trainer there as well. Yeah. Now, did you actually, in your training there, talk about praying for your tips or praying for your people at the table or anything like that? I I never said about praying for my tips. I did say <laughs> many times you need to pray for your clients. And I got into some great discussions with clients about the Lord. So You know, so much of the time, if I go to lunch, I try to follow leading in the Lord, not just do the same thing every single time. I'll tell our server, hey, you know what? We're going to pray for our food. Can we pray for you? Yeah. And they're kind of a captive audience and they don't want to smack us around because, you know, they want to get a good tip and they're usually nice people. But on the other end of it, all the servers that are listening right now, yeah. any of the service people, mm -hmm. evangelistic Christians will be doing that to you guys, but that you can bring that too. Yeah. You can look for opportunities. There was many times I did pray for clients for different reasons. One occasion I just, which came to mind now was when, uh, uh, there was obviously signs that this gentleman was had some type of illness, and I just felt so compelled by the Holy Spirit to say something. And it's just kind of awkward because, you know, what happens if I've really overstepped my boundaries? Because, you yeah. know, you're in that predicament where you don't want to push the envelope. And so I just said, can I, can I pray for you? And I put my hand on him, and he just started crying, and the other people started crying, and they said, and then she started telling me he's got cancer, no, no, you know, there's no cure. You know, they basically would just try and, you know, take care of and I And I prayed and I was just like a wonderful, I could just feel the presence of God. And so those are times when I've had an opportunity and they, you don't plan them, they just show up. Yeah. Well, they show up because you're praying and you're willing and you're trying to listen to the Holy Spirit to give you direction so that you're not just a... A numbskull, but yeah. you're you're getting in on what God's already doing. Yeah, yeah. And it just takes it to a whole new level. And like I said, whatever career or whatever job you have, if you bring God into it, it's going to be the most exciting career ever. And God's going to blow you away and he's going to make you so proficient at your job. He's going to make you so, I say, good in it because you'll be doing it unto him. You'll see that the calling is so much higher. So you'll blow right through the standards <laughs> that everyone else is setting and of course, everyone will recognize that and you'll be rewarded. So God blesses you on both sides. You know, I have buddies that own companies who are Christians who actually say, I don't hire Christians mm. because most Christians that I've hired don't know how to work. 
So they don't elevate themselves to the highest standards. When they say they work like a Christian, it's not necessarily a good thing, right? right, right. But I love it when people are giving God the glory right from the very beginning. And as they go through, uh, they gain prominence because they're giving glory to the Lord in Mm. what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I think that's another element of this that people can take away from this is give what you're doing to God and see what God will do in what you're doing. Yes, and I 100% agree with that. And also, if you really want to enjoy your job, give it to God. Yeah. If you're hating your job, you need to pray about it and give it to the Lord and see what God does because it won't be about the job anymore when you give it to God. It'll be about what you're doing for Him. I imagine that it hasn't all been easy and just like roses and perfume and everything, sure. right? There, have there been some, like just talking about your career right now, what you've been doing for a few years now in real estate, have you had some sticking points? Have you had some tough things where you really just had to hang on? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, there was times when I doubted the call, if I had been having a bad experience, a bad escrow, and things are just not looking good and I'm just not seeing any reason, I go, this is just not worth it. And I start to think, okay, God, what do you want me to do? I'm ready to switch if you want me to switch. But you just take a deep breath and you just keep praying through it. The thing I've noticed the most is one thing I said is if I'm going to do this, I want to change the culture. And I said that at the office and, uh, you know, my broker and I went to him and I says, I really want to change the culture of this office. And so I'd be going and praying over the doors and praying over people at the end of the day. And I just felt like the people that were doing shady deals uh, had left. And in the beginning, those are people making all the money. Mm. And that was the biggest thing because I saw people doing the wrong thing and making money. And I thought, okay, am I in the wrong business? Am I not getting it? Is there something I'm not doing right? And then after a while, they drop away, they get caught. Yeah. And then God starts blessing. And I always find out that if you just keep praying and trusting the Lord, he gives you the tough things now to work through. And there's things that I have to work through in my personality and traits and things I have to work out, like discipline, make sure I'm on time and make sure I'm doing everything right. I'm giving this job 100%, but he will bless it so much more in the long run. So the toughest, you learn the tough lessons now and it gets easier and you get the best later. I yeah, for sure. I was uh, in sales management for a long time. And I remember listening to a salesperson, and it was in the fitness industry, but uh, <laughs> this is not the most honorable. I don't know exactly <laughs> how to explain it. It's changed a little bit, and I'm glad for that. But I heard him saying that he was on the phone. He was just dialing for dollars, right? And he told the person on the other end of the phone that the special ends um, today. Mm-hmm. So you need to come in today. So when he got off, I, and he had come from one of those national chains that we don't name that were just, yeah, yeah. just gave the entire fitness industry a bad name. Right, right. And I said, <clears throat> why did you tell that person that the sale ends today? It doesn't end today. And he said, oh, I know, I know, I know, but I was creating urgency. Yeah, They had taught him to create urgency. And I said, let me explain something to you. Lies will always catch up with you. Mm -hmm. But you know what's incredible is the truth will catch up with you. If you tell the truth, you'll be known as the truth teller. And I know your broker. I like your broker, yeah, and I believe you really have had an impact uh, on the culture of that. Yeah, and the other part too, which is saying, Miles, is 
just because it's hard doesn't mean it yeah. isn't God. That's right. 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 Because right. he changes us mm-hmm. and he builds us and he grows up. And when you are having a hard time and they know you're a Christian, they're watching you to see how you're going to handle that. Right. Are you going to be a jerk? Are you going to give up? Or are you going to take a shortcut? Right. That kind of thing. So many people that are listening are working. Yeah. And being a Christian worker should mean something yeah. magnificent. Yeah. It really, really should. Well, and that is also the exciting thing is that if you just hang in there, to have a mentor or to have a accountability, that is key, I'd say, so that you don't give up. So in the business, I do have a coach who's a believer. And he's very successful. He's retired now, but he's kind of like my Alex Goodman. He basically, every week, knowing what I need to do, he just says, go back to basics, trust in the Lord. And that is the key is that I don't know what the journey is going to look like going forward. I just know that God is just showing up and it's very exciting what I feel the future is happening right now and in my brokerage particularly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and um, Well, and you're doing that for others too, right? You're coaching people yeah, and you're pouring into other people right. as well. I've brought in a few people, yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing, by the way, is that some people you coach and you spend a ton of time with and then they go off and you go, what? I just wasted like three, four months investing in this person and then they just, whatever, they didn't appreciate it. You were practicing so that you'd be better at yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It gave you grace for them. I'm going to go public with this. When Miles, I don't know if you know this, Matthew, because you hang out over here a lot more than you hang out over in the offices. But when Miles sells a house, he feeds the entire church staff. There is baklava. <laughs> I've caught is... leftovers, but I didn't know that's where they came from. Okay, you know what? That's So you've seen it there. I've yeah. seen it. I didn't know that's where they came from. That is Miles giving back. He's very, very good at it. And just so you know, his business cards, his magnetic business cards are all over our refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our front office. But enough about the real estate show. Yes. On this whole topic, Miles, we're, we're blooming where you're planted and, uh, and making sure that Jesus is in everything you're doing. What's probably a, a, a like uh, Gary Keller has the one thing, right? Yes. That, yeah. Is there something that you really like to say before you go? Like, hey, this is being a Christian worker, something that would be encouraging or uh, wow. helpful? Just the idea that doing it unto God, doing everything unto God, you don't have to worry about anything else, really. Do it unto God, set the standard, and God will take care of the rest. There is no such thing as a boring job when God's in it. Yeah. There's no such thing as a boring life when God's in it. God is the one who has shown me and challenged me. He never lets me rest. He constantly challenges me and he constantly, you know, through through people in my life and situations. But I was just amazed that at one point, 20 years ago, I thought I was ready. I thought, you know what, now I've got it all together. And now I realize, my gosh, I'm so far from where I need to be. But that's God for you. Chris Oakley told me the other day, he says that Christianity is the only religion where the people who get to go to heaven don't deserve it. <laughs> and so I wow. just have to say that anything, any part of my life that is good is God. Anything that's not good is miles. And so the, just give it as much as you can give to God every day. And that, to the extent that you give that, to the Lord, you'll get the blessings from that. Wow. I know for a fact there are people going through rough times because this gets listened to, you know, on Monday when it releases, but 
it's got legs. It stays around a long, long time. Yeah. And I know that people are listening that need that word of encouragement to just make sure they've given it to God. Yeah. I just want to close in praying for those people. So yeah. I'm going to jump into it because I feel fired up about it. Mm-hmm. Father, thank you for my brother, Miles. I thank you for our friendship, our brotherhood. And I thank you for the anointing that you've placed upon him, especially the wisdom of knowing that all good things in him and through him are from you. And so, Father, I pray for that person who's having a little bit of a tough stretch, or maybe they're having to make a decision right now whether they're going to take that leap and go into an entirely different industry. Father, I pray for them right now that you would give them wisdom, that you would give them perseverance. And Father, just like Miles said, that they would live a life that's supernatural and not one minute boring. And I ask this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.